1: The sports betting landscape from coast
3: to coast. This is Betting Across America on VCEN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions, must be 21 or older, and physically look. Located in Nevada, please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. We begin hour number two of Betting Across America, presented by BetMG. MGM Femia Bet Buffet alongside Amal Shaw talking all things college basketball and Amal. We are keeping our eyes on all these games going on, Texas and Texas Tech, playing right now, approaching the halfway point of the first half. We're tied up at 13 in Austin.
3: I'm glad you brought that up because I wasn't even paying attention to what you're saying. I was just sitting there thinking, I go, what a terrific game this is. I know it's not an offensive masterpiece, but this is what we love. <laughs> yeah, but this is a great <laughs> basketball game. I mean, it has been a game where you look at the margins. I I think the largest lead may have been four points so far. And I know it's only a quarter of the way through the game, but it's rare that you get a sellout in college basketball at a place like the Irwin Center. So many different options of entertainment in Austin and things to do. But this is a game where I I can tell you right now, people are excited looking forward to this one. You can see it. There's a lot of guns up people, by the way, having a lot of friends having gone to UT and to uh, Lubbock, I'm kind of hoping both teams lose this game, (laughs) but that won't be a possibility again. Again, you're on the under 128 here and right now this game is kind of right on pace but either way it's going to
4: come down to a free throw or two 15 15 nine and a half to go in the first yeah this is going to be one that i'm going to be sweating all throughout the show we're hoping that it ends with a positive result for me duke is taking on florida state in the acc as we transition some of the games later on in the day blue devils 15 and a half point favorites total 142 and a half and this one should be all blue devils but uh The way they played in the second half against Wake Forest, you never know them all. Well, look, Wake is a little bit different team when you look Mm -hmm. at what
3: they have – Williams has been tremendous for this team, a real legitimate big-time score. Um, averages almost 20-plus points a game. But you, the injuries, uh, when you look at Florida State, and this is the problem, Anthony Plight out with the wrist injury. We know Malik Osborne, had the uh, he had the ankle surgeries out for the year. Raekwon Evans is going to be a game-time decision in this one. Think about that. When you look at the potential losses for Florida State from an injury standpoint in this game, you cannot go into Cameron Indoor shorthand, and I, I think that's a serious concern. When you look at this team in terms of these guys, you're looking at potentially your third, fourth, and fifth leading
4: scorers on the team being out of the lineup. That's a huge blow for this team. Duke right now 10-1 to 1 to win the national championship. They got they have the goods. You have said that they got four to five pros. So Apollo yeah. Bancaro, shout out to Seattle. Uh, he's going to be a top three pick in the NBA draft. Uh, Trevor Keels, Wendell Moore, uh, Mark Williams, a really good rim protector, probably the best rim protector in the country out there. This Duke team is really good, but it feels like they just – There's something
3: missing. I would agree with you, and I don't really know what it is. Generally speaking, you can figure out what is the deficiency of a team, and I just haven't been able to put my uh, finger on it. Now, I haven't watched a ton of Duke games like I have in years past. Mm -hmm. I think part of it is the league has been so weak, right? When you look at the competition, you don't expect it to be that competitive, but we've seen two games. I mean, Wake Forest almost hits an (laughs) 80-footer. I mean, by the way, uh, Reese Davis had a tremendous call on that. He goes a little bit less velo on that, and that shot's going in. They would have upset Duke (laughs) there. And then, of course, um, we saw Virginia knock down a three point shot, struggled all game long. They win that game. So I have some concerns about this team. And then, on the flip side, you go to the Joyce Center, you win by a million they go to Chapel Hill and they mm-hmm. beat them by a thousand. I mean, it's it's a crazy, the inconsistency with this team.
4: I mean, one of the best games of the college basketball season was here in Vegas when they beat Gonzaga yeah. 84 to 81 over at the T-Mobile Arena there. I mean, that just goes to show you how well Duke and for a lot of that second half, Paulo Carroll was cramping up. He didn't play for a lot of it, but during the time that he did play, he was the best player on the floor, but then they turn around, they lose to Ohio State, which is not a bad loss. They were in Columbus for that loss, but the loss to Miami, they lost to Florida State in Tallahassee Hasse earlier this year, Amal.
3: No, but that loss against Ohio State was bad because they scored, I think, like two points in the final six minutes or something Mm -hmm. like that down the stretch. They had had an 11-point lead in that game with less than seven minutes to go. You've got to be able to close out games like that. That's what when you look at Gonzaga, when you look at Arizona, these good teams were able to do that. You know, you look at the Zags lost to Duke, and they've lost to Alabama. Yep. I mean, when you look at Arizona, they lost to – uh, they lost to UCLA. And then they lost to Tennessee. A yep. two-point loss, and they were down big in that game. The game against UCLA, they couldn't hit a shot. And, yeah. I and tell, that,
4: that was at Pauli too.
3: That's it's, exactly what yeah. I was getting ready to say. Losing at Pauly Pavilion against a top-ten team who defends you as well as almost anybody in the country, there's no shame in that. You know, Kirk Reza was 0 for 12 in that game, and then they get the revenge in the game back at the McHale Center. So I, I when you look at these types of teams – look at what those teams were able to do. I give Duke all the credit for beating Gonzaga. And I thought that was a pretty good matchup for them, but they also shot the ball. Well, um, uh, what's his name? The big man, Chet Holmgren got in foul trouble early yeah. on. Ben Carroll was unbelievable. I think he had like 18 in the first half.
4: Yeah. He was terrific.
3: I-, I would love to see Arizona with that tempo, with the athletes they have Ben Matherin, what he's been able to do. Arizona has been unselfish. uh, they're a good basketball team, and I think inside with Coloco and Tabellus, they can match up
4: with a lot of different people. I was going to say, like Arizona might be the worst possible matchup for Duke, just because. I know of their that's styles. why. I, that's why I'm hoping it happens. <laughs> <laughs> Amal doesn't want to send out Coach K with the bouquet. He wants oh, to send no, him no, out no. on the second weekend of the. tournament. You guys,
3: you guys, I don't understand this in general. What is this worship? It's not like the guy's been playing, been coaching for free for forty years. I don't worship him. I'm just making light of the oh, situation. Oh, give me a break. <laughs> you know, you know, the reality of it is nobody wants to talk about it. Roy Boy had more success at. Chapel Hill, then Duke uh, did When Coach K was there during that same duration. Yeah. Three national championships for Roy and two for Coach K. And by the way, he was benefiting from the fact that, remember, you knew you were in trouble. I remember a friend of mine had a huge bet on Wisconsin. Oh. And then as soon as Coach K says it's halftime, he goes, oh, well, we're not getting any foul calls. He goes, we got to get off this play. And he was right. They were called for three fouls in the first half. Wisconsin doesn't foul. That's what yeah. Bo Ryan staple has been forever. And all of a sudden, you see every call. And then Grayson Allen hit the big shot when they were down nine. Otherwise, it would have been Wisconsin's game. But I'm not taking anything away from the success they've had. But, you know, it it helped that uh, also Rick Pitino made one of the worst coaching decisions of all time by not putting a big man on the basketball.
4: Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's a fair point there. That Wisconsin team was really good, too. Kaminsky Absolutely. and, and uh, Decker and all those guys, a uh, really good team that probably should have won a national title. But, hey, them's the breaks. When you look at this Duke roster, though, and the thing that kind of stands out to me is just the the youth of this team. I mean, they have three freshmen in the in the starting lineup there with Trevor Keels, A.J. Griffin, Paulo Bancaro, But even, like, Mark Williams, Jeremy Roach, those guys are sophomores. Maybe it's the experience thing as to why Duke has had trouble closing some of these games out.
3: It is, but, you know, when you've got the type of talent they have, they've got five guys not only going to play at the next level, but potential first-round picks, almost definitively top 40 picks, Mm -hmm. makes a huge difference in terms of ability or inability. By the way, this goes back to our conversation from the other day. You said, well, you know, hey, those are the breaks. Mm -hmm. Nobody remembers runners-up, man. It's about being number one. It's a very simple (laughs) concept. People are going to remember the Rams, despite how anemic this team is overall when you compare them historically to the other 55 Super Bowl winners. But, you know, the other thing is, by the way, i got to give Fox credit. Whoever makes their lineup there from the like nine o five start to the two like or eleven o'clock on the east or twelve o'clock on the east coast. 230. They understand the betting perspective. You know, ESPN tries to cram these games down our throat. People don't want to come into the game halfway through the first half because some of these books are so glo- uh, so slow at grading wagers. Yeah. People want to try and get down for that next game. Maybe you should give it a 15-minute slant
4: there. Uh, we are long past the two-and-a-half-hour window for college basketball games. How they ch- continue to try to do them in two hours is uh, it's, well, uh, no, it's besides me. Though. I forget that. How about ESPN trying to fit three
3: hours into college football? Every Saturday <laughs> It's the most annoying thing because I record uh, like 40 games in a weekend right and, and it's like you sit there and you have to extend every game it's the most annoying thing in the world
4: big 10 your ohio state buckeyes yeah. mall hosting the iowa hawkeyes ohio state five and a half point favorites at home over at BetMGM. mgm total 154 and a half and might not be high enough
3: uh, well, no, I think I think it's a little bit high simply because the Buckeyes will defend and to me, I think uh, Liddell should have a big day. Can the buy if the Buckeyes slow down Keegan Murray? I think they can cause real problems for Bohannon and company because they've got some good size at the guard position. Also, Michi Johnson is so quick. Um, I, I like the Buckeyes Kyle Young. Every team needs a Kyle Young. The guy that's willing to do everything you need to be able to win. Zed key has been tremendous for this team all season long. Uh, I like the Buckeyes laying the five here at home against Iowa. And it's not necessarily a play on Ohio State here. Mm-hmm. This is more of a play against Iowa. This is a team that has struggled too much in situations. Toussaint can be turnover prone for the Hawkeyes. Uh, I like McCaffrey on this team in terms of what he's able to do. I don't like his dad as a coach. But yeah. um, th- this team has been solid. But they're really good when they're in Iowa State. City. When you get them away from home, I think they can be picked off, and I think this is
4: a good opportunity for the Buckeyes here. Do you think Ohio State, because you said that you like the way that they defend better, it's much better than what we saw last year. Now, as we start getting into tournament time here, do you think that this team can get past some of those defensive woes that saw Oral Roberts being able to score at will in the first round a year ago?
3: Yeah, but I I think that's a little bit of a misnomer. Oral Roberts could really shoot the basketball. When when you have teams that can really shoot, there are days where you're just going to get beat. and I thought that's what happened. Buckeyes played extremely well offensively in that game, and I thought ORU was getting too many points, but it was not. it's not just that. You look at some of the matchups. There was a game earlier this year. I think it was against Tulsa. They had such a low line in that game with Oral Roberts and Tulsa. I'm like, I didn't get it. You look at how well teams shoot the basketball and speaking of shooting the ball well, Alonzo Plummer, uh, Alfonso Plummer doing what he does. Three for six already. Yeah. Illinois really pulling away. I think I'm going to be dead wrong with a loser on this one with Michigan State plus seven and a half, but fortunately still 18 minutes to go at the Breslin Center
4: as they're down 14. Yeah, I was see a lot of time left there Illinois right now on the live line 12 and a half point favorites total 131 and a half so it's ticked back a little bit total I saw as low as 124 and a half or so in that game close around that high 130s range here what, what, do you have the halftime score in front of you by chance the halftime score of this Illinois Michigan yeah. State game uh, let me pull that up for you real oh, quick here, here. Be um, because yeah it was 34 to 22 at so halftime. 56
3: points you said 124 so 44 and 24 uh, 68 the second half total uh, I would look a little bit towards the over. As Sparty with a quick 4-0 run here. I, I think we'll see some points here.
4: Yeah, uh, Sparty's gonna. They're gonna get back into this game. I don't think you're dead just yet, Amal. It's only a you 12-point know, game. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of basketball left to be played here.
3: By the way, Michigan State got the ball back so quickly after their last make. I thought they were playing make it, take it. <laughs>
4: Yeah, you know what? Uh, Sparty said that there were some troubles out there in East Lansing. As we saw, we were both on Michigan State against Penn State earlier this yeah. week. We were looking good until we weren't looking good after Penn State went on that run. So uh, we'll try to get a winner for a mall in game action. He's on Sparty plus seven and a half. On the other side, let's talk more in game. It's Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. your next bet be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data this new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game you'll be able to see where the public is betting based on number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion data is available for money line over under and against the spread bets betting splits are another way vcin is here to make you a smarter better year round so check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com Welcome back. It is betting across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Amal Shah coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. And Amal, the college basketball, this has been a really entertaining morning slate here. We're getting to see a game of runs out there at the Breslin Center between Illinois and Michigan State. A terrific game over at the Irwin Center there in Austin between Texas Tech and Texas. Tied at 22 under four minutes to play here in the first half. And also at Rupp Arena, we are underway between Alabama and Kentucky. The Wildcats went off as six-and-a-half point favorites over at BetMGM. Six, I believe, ended up being the consensus number in this game here. But right now, Alabama leads it 23-15 to 15 with 12.45 to go in the first half. Kentucky down to one-and-a-half on the live line, total 165-and-a-half.
3: Yeah, no surprise. But I'll tell you right now, I'd be looking at UK right now. Alabama 5-for-7 from the three-point arc, 9-for-14 mm-hmm. overall from the floor. Don't expect that to be able to continue throughout the game. But I thought this would be a game that plays towards the over. Right now, already oh, – yeah. 38 points and we're seven and a half minutes into this game, Femi. So I think the pace is going to be frenetic throughout the entire day.
4: Yeah, that's going to be uh, anytime Alabama plays. They're just, they, they are sprinting up and down the basketball court. Uh, that game between Alabama and, and Gonzaga out there in Seattle earlier this season, that was another one that was just absolutely just fireworks in terms of a pace standpoint. Connecticut, they're leading Xavier right now. They're early on in the second half right now. Connecticut leads by 17. They're laying 17 and a half on the live line. Total 140 two and a half. They went off as six and a half point favorites at home. The Baylor Bears, a game that kind of intrigued you. You didn't play it, but you were intrigued by it in Waco. Baylor leads by 14 in the second half against TCU. 17 and a half is a live line total 126 and a half. And how about our guy, Stephen Bond, his Syracuse Orange. The Cuse is in the house. They lead Boston College 48-31. They are now favored by 19 and a half on the live number total 126 and a half.
3: Yeah, they're my Syracuse Orange as well today. And I'll tell you one thing, uh, Stephen Bond's Going to not want to hear from me if Syracuse were to blow this game and not win by double digits. <laughs> I can tell you that much. But it's been a fairly dominant performance. But again, Cuse being the Cuse here, allowing uh, BC on a five-zero run plus an and one here. So you know this team at times though. The one thing you got to love about Syracuse games—they play faster than anybody because they just don't foul sitting in that zone. Mm-hmm.
4: No, it's uh, <laughs> we're hoping Syracuse can get home with this cover here because you give Stephen enough trouble for being a Q's guy as is. There, we'll see if Beheim can I, sneak his way into the madness.
3: No, actually, I like Stephen. He's one of the few people from Syracuse that I like. You know, it's just that uh, these guys all think they invented basketball. <laughs> basketball and broadcasting, baby. Syracuse. That's that's, that's okay. what we're doing. Let me tell you something. I always tell everybody that goes to school for broadcasting: stop wasting your time. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of people who went to Syracuse that are working in markets you've never heard of. Just because there's a few guys you've heard of doesn't mean anything. Well,
4: they got a lot of volume, but we'll move volume. on. We'll, we'll move on fast, Syracuse and maybe discuss that during the break. Well,
3: it's not like we're going to be talking about them in March. Let's get it out of the way now. No, I'm talking about from the, the
4: educational standpoint here. I
3: got that, but my point is we're not even going to mention them. It's not like the football program's
4: relevant. Dino Babers, yeah, those were the days. <laughs> um, Illinois right now, they lead Michigan State. You're in on this game live at plus seven and a half. Yeah. Uh, it was looking scary for Sparty there for a second, but they've clawed back. It's now down to single digits. That they trail by nine at the under. 16 timeout the live number eight and a half total 133 and a half. Here all.
3: Yeah, uh, you know, look, there's still a long way to go. Uh, and if you're Michigan State, you got an injured Illinois player down. I think Curbello's down. You take advantage of it. Uh, no, it was not Curbello. And so um, I didn't see who it was, but he got whacked in the face. Michigan State scores nine point game now. And speaking of which, uh, BC has just cut it to 12 points. And uh, glad to see Jim Boeheim decided to finally use one of his timeouts. <laughs>
4: We're monitoring that game between Boston College and Syracuse. We're hoping for the best just so that we can have a little positivity about the cues here on a Saturday. But you've brought up some really good live betting stuff all throughout the day. And I want to kind of have you explain that further in depth here because there seems like there's certain indicators that you look for when you're watching a game, especially based on how one team might start out quicker than we thought. Well, yeah, that's a possibility. But for me, a
3: lot of it's based on a game that I had an interest in to begin with. But I thought maybe the number is too high or too low, depending on if you're laying the points or taking the points. Uh, In college sports, I tend to take favorites more. In professional sports, I take uh, underdogs more because I think the games are a little bit more balanced. I think in college, they don't quantify. They don't necessarily do a tremendous job of quantifying the talent discrepancy at times. So uh, for me, it really depends on a matchup, how a game is playing out. You know, Michigan State, for example, today, I think they were, what, a point, point-and-a-half dog in this one? If I'm Close to I believe. Yeah, it surprised me a little bit, but I thought they had a great chance. They're at home. Um, I didn't end up playing it early on because I said at some point in time, in basketball especially, it's a game of runs. You're going to have an opportunity to be able to take a team. Uh, and and get a better number. And in this game, you could have gotten as high as eight and a half or actually, I'm sorry, when we were uh, we were talking, you could have gotten uh, probably thirteen and a half or fourteen because they yeah. were down sixteen as Carbela just picked up his third foul. That's
4: a big blow That is a very big blow
3: uh, for Illinois. And um, you know you look at this Texas Tech Texas game, if you like the over right now sitting at forty six points, it's going to be close in terms of the
4: total. So always can get a potential better number if you wait around and if you're patient. Yeah, the live total right now in that Texas Tech-Texas game, 123 and a half right now. Texas favored by four and a half as they lead it by two at the under four timeout right now. That looks like that might be a little uh, a, a little blow to the head there, maybe a flagrant uh, foul well, there.
3: I thought it was a basketball play for Texas Tech. They went to the basket, and he hit him with an elbow in the face. I didn't think yeah. it was anything out of the ordinary. Um, These things get over-officiated, though, too. Oh, you, you said it so well. <laughs> I was just about to say they'll take about nine minutes <laughs> – to give us an indicator, well, it's just a common
4: foul. <laughs> Isn't that the best? <laughs> when it's You're, just oh, wasting I, everyone's time. That's why we can't get these things done in two what, hours. You, you
3: know what I don't like is, and I, and I had Virginia in that game against Texas Tech in the national championship. When they called the ball out, um, I, I'm the kid from Italy for uh, Texas Tech. Toronto blank yeah, on the uh, name. Uh,
4: uh, Davide Moretti. Yeah, great call there. There we go.
3: And, um, you know, to me, I thought that was the wrong call even though by technically by the letter of the law I think it's like baseball right like yeah. when you have a guy sliding into second base and he's like you know, just like lifting his hand off the bag to talk to the umpire or something. It, to me, it's the spirit of the call. Like, do you get him on the tag or not? And that's kind of how I feel like they try and see, oh, it went off his pinky or his ring finger. I'm like, come on. Just go with what you think the call was. They spend so long. And I mean, but you know, the good thing is, though, when they do that, then we get Jay Billis to bitch about it for five minutes. <laughs> I'm
4: like, okay, Jay, we've heard your point made 20 times on that. I was watching a game. I forgot what game he was in earlier this week. And like, I flipped to it, right? And the, he was right with his uh, little monologue about the officiating there. So uh, uh, you are not wrong in that regard. That was a terrific game, that Virginia and Texas Tech game. I was on you right there with Virginia as well. Had a nice little futures ticket on the Cavaliers. And, boy, was that a sweat in that tournament because every single bounce went their way after the previous year, losing to a 16 seed yeah. in UMBC um, out there. But you mentioned Corbello picking up that third foul there and something like that because I think – Better is usually when you're watching the game, you might just be kind of half watching or keeping tabs on the box score because there's a lot of stuff to keep track on on a Saturday in college basketball. It's just it's overwhelming sometimes when you see a game that like where a key player, let's say, to go into foul trouble. Let's say it's like a Kofi Coburn were to get into foul trouble there. How does that maybe then factor into, okay, I wasn't interested, but now I'm interested just because this guy is going to be sitting for about six minutes or so.
3: Yeah, potentially has an impact as we see Hall go down from Michigan State, try to reverse dunk, may have gotten injured. But it it changes how you look at a matchup. Maybe, you know, you see an opportunity. Curbelo's got three fouls, so he'll come back in at the under 12 timeout. But to me, it depends on who the player is, what the situation is. Some teams it's more crucial than it is other teams. So each matchup really varies team by team.
4: Yeah, I think that's the matchups and how these things play out. And just knowing – what these players mean to certain teams. They're like Kofi Coburn is the guy for Illinois. If he were to get into foul trouble or just different situations here um, to keep tabs on. Right now at Rupp Arena, Alabama continues to play pretty well here. 29-20 here with 10-22 to play in the first half. Illinois back up by 14 over at the Breslin Center right now with 13-49 to go in this game. So the Illini looking like a really good performance right now, but still a lot of time to be played. And then in Texas, Texas Tech right now and now we're getting some more free throws both teams Texas is in the double bonus I feel like they, they were nowhere near that and I looked up now they're in the double bonus as they continue to shoot free throws and I think this is not going to end well for me on this under if we're going to get a lot of fouls in this game
3: well you know still uh you know give Texas credit they've really done a nice job with the line uh, Andrew Jones already 12 points two for two from the free throw line I think he's two for two from downtown as well and Texas now seven for seven from the free throw line as well
4: yeah, no, that game is going to be a one that's close. Uh, I don't think we're going to get to any double digit kind of a margin at any point in this game. But Texas right now is on a thirteen to five run over the last five minutes. Any of these afternoon games, because I want to ask you about this Kansas-West Virginia game here real quick, and we'll get your thoughts on it more in depth on the other side. But Kansas going to Morgantown, where it's tough to play. Huggy Bear usually get those guys up when they bring in good teams coming to town.
3: They do, and I thought this was a tough game. I didn't want to lay this number despite the inconsistencies with this West Virginia offense. Um, I don't like KU away from the fog. Still think they're the best regular season team in the Big 12, but I think Baylor and Texas Tech are the more dangerous teams in the NCAA tournament out of this league, so didn't touch
4: this game yeah, no this is the game that it interested me and I was interested in that underdog there with with West Virginia just because I mean they're inconsistent like you mentioned. They've lost nine of 10. So it's not like they're really playing well by any stretch, but yeah. I think that this is just a good spot for them going up against a kind of kind of one of those last chance efforts sure. that that we always talk about here in terms of betting. If West Virginia is going to do anything this year, it's going to have to be today and they're going to have to keep this game close against Rock Chalk Jayhawk. On the other side, we'll continue our college basketball discussion here. It's betting Across America, presented by BetMGM.
3: This is Betting Across America on v
2: the Sports Betting Network.
4: If you miss any part of our show or anything on the VEASAN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to VEASAN.com slash podcast and get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, My Guys in the Desert, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many more. They're all free and available now at VEASAN.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. It is... Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. We're at the halfway point here, Amal. I almost said they were presented by BetMGM twice, Uh, given a little bit of double time there. But we're coming to you from the VEASAN studios at the South Point Hotel and Casino. And Amal, I know you're sweating out this game out there at the Breslin Center right now. You're on plus seven and a half with Sparty. Right now, Illinois at the under 12 timeout in the second half leads 51 to 41. They are favored by 10 and a half on the live line. Total 138 and a half as we're at commercial break right now.
3: Yeah, I mean, you expect Michigan State to still have one more push in them. We'll see if they can get enough stops defensively. But uh, tell you what, uh, Xavier coming back a little bit in this game. They were down by as much as 17, and they've now cut it to uh, 10 points uh, against UConn here. So still a long way to go, 14 minutes left in that one.
4: Yeah, UConn's been a little bit sloppy here in the second half after a really strong first-half performance. In Austin, we're tied up at 28, 28 28-point seconds Uh, 28.1 seconds to go, I should say here. Timeout, Texas Tech. The Longhorns right now, two-and-a-half-point favorites on the live line. They closed three-and-a-half over at BetMGM. Total 124-and-a-half. So we're trending toward the under, but uh, this thing can really get off the rails. It looks like it's going to be a close game, and it looks like we're going to be kind of getting some free throws towards the end, but still a long way to go. But so far, these teams cannot run away from each other if they tried.
3: Yeah, but I'll tell you what, I think both teams have been efficient when they've had some opportunities. To me, I'd be more concerned about it if this game finds overtime. I, I think this game to yeah. the second half's going to play similar, low 60s. Uh, I'd be curious to see what the second half number on this game is. If it's 68 or 67, uh, I, I wouldn't want to take it only because I'm concerned about fouls later on in this game, but it's going to be a tight, tough, contested game. I mean, we saw Texas have a six-point lead on a quick 13-5 uh, to five run over five minutes, which you alluded to, but... Um, by the way, I don't understand a Division One. I. I just see UConn go to the basket and miss a layup. Why can't you finish with your left hand if you're on the left side of the basket? I, it is amazing to me how there's lack of fundamental coaching from the junior high and high school ranks to the collegiate level. UConn would have had a layup, put him up 12, but instead he goes, it shoots right over the rim because he goes for a right-handed layup on the left side, and then uh, Scruggs comes down and hits a 15-foot turnaround jumper to make it eight.
4: Yeah, that game is tightening up there. I mean, you could have gotten Xavier as high as 17 and a half point dogs in this game as they have cut it to eight, like Amal said, 13-12. UConn just took a timeout as they try to regroup at home. It's been a bad second half for the Huskies. In the Big 12, you talk about Baylor and how they're kind of the boa constrictor of a college basketball team that every media timeout, you see that lead continues to grow and grow and grow. The Bears lead TCU by 15 right now at home in Waco. The live number is Baylor by 17. 7- 17-and-a-half total, 128-and-a-half.
3: Yeah, I mean, the way TCU shoots the basketball, I didn't understand the affinity for the horn Frogs in this game. Baylor would really have to struggle offensively. They don't have to play great. And you combine that with their defensive effort, I thought it was going to be a real challenge for the Frogs here today. And uh, we'll see – how they fare the
4: rest of the way in this one. You and Stevens Cuse, they're back up by 17 right now. They're favored by 18 and a half over at BetMGM MGM on the live number total 123 and a half. We're feeling good. Good positive vibes from the Orange.
3: Well, look, I look at the talent on this team. Edwards is out for the year, which is a big blow. I liked him in the center. Swider's been outstanding. He's got length, he can shoot the three, can rebound, can do it all, good free throw shooter. I don't understand why Syracuse is as bad as they are, aside from the fact that uh, Joe Girard seems to think he's the Steph Curry of college <laughs> he's basketball. He's got the green
4: light, man. <laughs> I mean, he's a great shooter, but the problem is he takes a lot of bad shots. Do you want to guess on what the live total is for Alabama-Kentucky? Oh, i got to
3: see the score first, and I'll tell you.
4: Uh, it's 35-28 uh, thir- right now with uh, 645 left in the first half.
3: So he played, what, uh, 13 minutes? Uh I'm looking at the fouls real quick. 63 points scored. It's 155. They're wow. They're they're pacing over. I, give me a second here. But I'm going to say 171 and a half.
4: You're pretty damn good, all. It's uh, 172.5 right now. It was 171.5, but Alabama just put up a bucket there, 37 to 28 there. So 172.5 at BetMGM is the live number. That is why this man is on the show here. He can calculate these things in under 30 seconds here. Uh, would you be interested in stepping in front of that and going live under, or do you think that this game is just going to continue to fly?
3: I, I would probably go under, but I'm going to tell you, the way the game is scoring, um, right now you got – Six minutes left. I'm just doing the math real quick. So you you said 171 and a half. We're at 65. So 106 and a half. This game could easily get over that number. I would not. I because you, you need 106. Uh, 100 and Davidson just scored.
4: I, I would not touch that number. Look at that. And, and and I don't know. I don't know what's on that tablet. I bet you it's not a, uh, it's a black screen. It's so that goes, hey, you know, David Copperfield's in town. We got other magicians in town. But this guy, is, is, it's, that's really good stuff. They're guessing that number. So like, you ever seen the show Suits?
3: There's a great scene in the beginning of that series where he goes, well, you got a computer there, and he's reading off like a law school thing. And he goes, he's playing a game of hearts. And he thinks he's like reading from a law school tablet. It's like,
4: it's funny. We'll, we'll, we'll take that hearts app off of your uh, tablet.
3: I don't, ha- I don't have
4: that on my phone. I don't have that on there. Um, you brought up Xavier in Connecticut. Connecticut right now, nine and a half point favorites on the live number, total 138 and a half. I remember this close six and a half, they were up by as many as 17 early on in this second half. UConn letting this kind of slip away as, as Xavier's kind of just creeping back into this. I mean, you said it two or three times, and I
3: agree with you completely. UConn's been sloppy, bad turnovers. I mean, it has been an absolute abomination in terms of what they've done. Real quick, I want to give you a stat. Xavier's 5 for 12 this half, and UConn's 2 for 4. They have turnovers this half. Femi, zero for Xavier, nine for, we're going full Ferris Bueller here, nine <laughs> times with the turnover so far for UConn in the second half, and we're only seven minutes into the game, and they go into Sanigo and he gets called for traveling. That,
4: that's, that's 10.
3: Yeah, 10 that's, turnovers in seven minutes and six seconds.
4: I don't know how that happens. they with the basketball team. I mean, I get that these tale of two halves, as you see these in college basketball, but it's just. Nope. The way they were playing in the first half, they were looking like world beaters, and now they can't even walk and chew gum.
3: No, but it's not smart basketball. There was a block shot by Xavier. The ball was going out of bounds, and the guy for UConn dives to save it and throws it to midcourt, leads to a layup the other way. It's like, what are you doing? Just block out on the sideline. You're going to mm-hmm. get the basketball on a, on a side out of bounds. It's, certain decisions are just horrendous.
4: Let's stay in the Big East here, in mall in a very, very good Big East rivalry. Georgetown taking on Villanova. Doesn't have the cachet because the Hoya paranoia is not really there anymore but Villanova 19 and a half point favorites at home. Total 145 and a half. I got to play on this total here, but what do you make of this game? Just first thoughts, Nova and Georgetown it
3: seems a little bit too high. Despite the Hoyas deficiencies at times, by the way, real quick, I got to go to the UConn game like sitting courtside is James book for oh. UConn, and they
4: just tossed him. Oh, <laughs> they just tossed him. <laughs> he's, he's, I mean, he's not a UConn legend, but I mean, what, what's going on? Why are they toss him, Book yeah, Night? I, I don't know. The referee, he said something to the refs. I think it was on the travel call,
3: and he just got tossed.
4: Well, which team does he even play for in the NBA? I, I, I totally I, forgot. I don't, you know, it's funny you said that. I was getting ready to look <laughs> it up earlier. I couldn't even remember. He, he was a lottery pick. Uh, was a really good guard for the UConn Huskies, and they showed a uh, Book Night walking out with one of his buddies. He's with Charlotte, I believe. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, not a good look for Book Night. It's All Star. So not a lot of these guys going back home and watching their games. But apparently for book night, he's only going to watch it. Yeah, he's with the Charlotte Hornets. Apparently book night only gets to watch about a uh, two thirds of the game or so because well, uh, bye-bye.
3: 10-0 scoring run here by X and to cut in this game. And this wow. is why the in game and hedging is so important because, you know, you sit there and you go, oh, I got a 17 point lead. And I was joking around. I said, if your X get on the bus, but who <laughs> knew that uh, uh, Connecticut would grant you uh, 10 turnovers in the first seven minutes of the second half as this game really now big yeah. three point shot by UConn. that's the one thing when you're down big and you're trying to come back one shot can really make a difference. RJ Cole with the silencer for this team. Um, but you're right, Femi. To me, I would have liked to have seen I – mean, UConn's only down to two timeouts, so I can see why they haven't gone crazy on the timeout situation. But
4: Xavier's shooting it well, too.
3: Another three-point shot the X the other way. This is going to be a tight finish here right around the number. I think the number is 6.5 or 7. Conkle's been outstanding, 3 for 3 for 13 for X today.
4: Yeah, it's like these games, they tend to almost – Regress toward the mean. Once right. they, you see these things, they get out in front, uh, and we saw UConn with a terrific first half there. But we just we didn't know that they wouldn't be able to keep it up just based on what X was doing at that point there. But the the conventional wisdom would have told you that there was no way that UConn was going to be able to continue to play at that level for a complete forty minutes. For twenty minutes they can do it, but for a complete forty minutes it makes it difficult here. But you think that total in the Georgetown Nova game is a, li- a touch high here? Not for the, the total, oh, but, the, the oh, but the the number. Yeah, the, the size. Okay, gotcha.
3: Look, Villanova's very capable of beating this team by 25 to 30 points. But, However, when you get this big of a number uh- – it, it's hard. You know, you get that 12, 14-point lead. That's why when you see a team up like 16 at halftime, now in a game like this you'll see a little bit of a spread, but so many times it'll be a scenario where you see a team that's just like minus two, two and a half in the second half. And I, I think mm-hmm. Georgetown, they've generally been a good first-half team. The second half is where
4: they've really collapsed. Also, Texas Texas Tech is at halftime in Austin, tied up at 28. Texas right now, two and a half on the live line over at BetMGM. Total 122.
3: Yeah, so 66-and-a-half. You said 122-and-a-half, right? So 66-and-a-half, second-half number. I thought it would come back around 67, and I I think it's a little bit low to take. You know, it was tough sledding offensively. I thought they did a nice job of converting opportunities, but I don't know if they both shoot that well from the free-throw line. Now, Tech struggled the line, but Texas shot the ball well, and then uh, as well from the three-point line, they
4: did a good job. Yeah, consensus total right now 69 for that game we're hoping that this thing goes under at least i'm hoping so as we will continue to sweat out college basketball on the other side though we're going to turn our attention to the association our nba thoughts here and the twitter poll for you guys it's betting across america presented by BetMGM.
3: This is Betting Across America on VCN, the sports betting
4: network. MGM customers can score big with special offer on the NBA All-Star Game. Simply place a $25 wager on the game and you'll receive a $10 free bet that you can use for any other NBA wager. Just opt in to the promotion, place your bet, and enjoy the All-Star Game like never before with BetMGM, an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Get a piece of the NBA action all season long with the king of sportsbooks. Sign in to your BetMGM account today to receive a $10 free bet on the NBA when you bet $25 on the all-star game tipping off tomorrow night eligibility restrictions apply visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions opt-in required 21 years of age or older to wager new customer offer all promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit free bets expire seven days from issuance please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in mississippi nevada or new york Welcome back. It is Betting Across America presented by Bet MGM Femi Babefay alongside Amal Shah as we are coming to you from the VEASAN Studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. We've been talking a lot of college basketball Amal, but we in the NBA have reached the all-star break out there in your old stomping grounds of Cleveland. The rising stars challenge was last night. I'm sure you were locked in on that. We got the NBA all-star Saturday night tonight. Three-point shootout skills competition dunk contest coming up later this evening with the all-star game on Sunday. So with it being the all-star break them all, we're a week past the NFL. We wanted to ask the folks on Twitter. You can see this poll over at Vston live on Twitter who they would bet on to win the NBA championship. And it's very simple. It's the four favorites right now the favorite the co-favorites i should say the phoenix suns and golden state warriors over at BetMGM. mgm they're plus 450 the brooklyn nets plus 550 as well as the defending champion Milwaukee bucks we'll reveal the results to this poll on tomorrow's show betting across america on a sunday but amal what do you think would be the best bet to win the nba title of those four teams
3: you know i think it's wide open um to me I would just play the odds, and I would go with Milwaukee or Brooklyn simply because Milwaukee's done it. Uh, Obviously, defending champs Golden State, we know what they've done in the past. Brooklyn, I think, is the wild card here because we don't know how it's going to play out with Ben Simmons. How does this team adjust – on paper, I think it's a far better move for them mm-hmm. because Ben Simmons gives you a defender. He's a guy who's willing to play, uh, you know, where you can be a facilitator. Now, you have that with Kyrie as well, but Kyrie tends to be a more ball dominant point yeah. guard. So, really, a lot of opportunities and options here if you're looking at it from
4: a betting perspective. Yeah, what is it, Kyrie? He's a scoring guard, not a passing guard. Yeah. <laughs> there for the team. That's exactly right. But, but, but he's a terrific player there, really good in the playoffs. Uh, the teams with the Cavaliers when he was alongside LeBron James, now he's alongside Kevin Durant. We didn't really get to see those guys play that much in the playoffs last year. Kyrie was hurt at times there. Harden was also had the hamstring issue. Durant was by himself against that Milwaukee team. Still took him to seven games after Irving had the ankle injury here. But I agree with you about Milwaukee. Like, I just don't see a team out east beating this Milwaukee Bucks team as currently constructed, if they can get Brooke Lopez back healthy, this Bucks team at +550, they probably have the best player in the league in Giannis Antetokounmpo. Now you can might Nikola Jokic has been Horrific out there in Denver. It's hard to look past what he's doing. Some of his advanced metrics are historical stuff, like Wilt Chamberlain, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, historical type of stuff. But in my opinion of the contenders, Milwaukee has the ace in the sleeve with Giannis Antetokounmpo, and he's added to his game after already being an NBA champion.
3: I completely agree with you. I think the Joker's tremendous, but there's just something about uh, Giannis to me, that he has the ability to deliver when this team needs it. And, and mm. that, I think, is what makes a difference in in where Milwaukee sits and how they can push it at the end. The other thing is I love with um, the kid out of UCLA, uh, Holiday. Yep. Tough, man. Yeah, what I love about Holiday and Middleton is these guys are number two and number three, and they don't need to be the number one guy. To have those types of personalities such a huge advantage. Uh, I think it fits so well with their market, with their team. The mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you right now, obviously, if you're a Phoenix Suns fan, if you're a fan of Chicago, you're not a Giannis fan. But if you're just like me and you're not a fan of any team, how are you not a Giannis fan?
4: I mean, I, I love this guy. His Q rating is through the roof. Yeah, absolutely, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean. I mean he, he goes about it the right way and all that stuff, and that's a cliche to say, and it oftentimes it's mumble-jumble. But you can just tell that he, his teammates love him. He's a positive guy. And uh, I was happy as hell for him when he won the title last I, year just because I was like, this guy deserves to be an NBA champion. And
3: I was also glad the way he performed, right, when they oh, the, yeah. – I mean, a historically great game, but I think Joker's unbelievable. I really do. And it's mm-hmm. been unfortunate. He's been doing it out Murray this year and Porter. That that team could be a really dangerous team. And, you know, if you look at it, a team that could exceed the luxury cap, if anyone can afford it in the NBA, it's Stan Kroenke. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if they decide to keep that nucleus together. But I think Denver's a team that can make a push. But uh, in terms of the
4: MVP, I, I don't know. I, I like Joel Embiid, but I don't know if he's the guy. Um well, real quick, I want yeah. to ask you about, before we get into the MVP, yeah. about the Philadelphia 76ers. Because you talked about how you love the Simmons acquisition for the Brooklyn Nets. Right. Well, Harden went back the other way to reunite with Daryl Morey out there in Philadelphia. And at BetMGM, the Sixers plus 700 to win the NBA title. But we also haven't seen James Harden look like James Harden in about a year or so.
3: Yeah, I, I would agree with you there. Um Still think, though, remember this guy was number two in the league in assist before he got the injury. I mean, he mm-hmm. can do a lot of different things. I think he can be really dangerous in terms of how he can uh, put pressure on an opponent. And I think he's got something to prove at this point in time.
4: Definitely. Yeah, and no, I think he definitely does. To me, with in the case of Brooklyn and Philadelphia, it almost feels like Let's wait and see what these teams look like. Because yeah. if it looks there's if there's some struggles kind of early on, maybe you see plus 750 for the Philadelphia 76ers. Maybe for Brooklyn, that goes to plus 600. Maybe plus 650. You might be able to get some better value on these teams if they start out struggling with these new pieces. Because we still don't even know when Kevin Durant's coming back. We right. just keep saying post-All-Star break. Well, that's going to be on, on Tuesday. Is he back? Like, we don't know. So I think just wait and see what these teams But Milwaukee, to me, feels like the safest bet if I'm looking out east for the Western teams, I don't even think there's any value there with either Golden State or Phoenix. Do you think so at plus 450, both of them co-favorites right now?
3: I really don't, but I thought this is the one year in the NBA if you're going to take an underdog or a team that's a bit of a longer shot, this is the year. Generally speaking, mm-hmm. in the association, it is those teams at the top. And I think this year is the one season where you go, hey, I like this team at five fifty or $6.00. I, th- I think there's some opportunities there.
4: Well, let's still look at the top of the MVP futures market over at BetMGM. You mentioned Joel Embiid at plus 125. He is the favorite to win this award. Nikola Jokic, the reigning MVP, is plus 300. Giannis Antetokounmpo, he's won a couple of MVPs. He's plus 375. Then it's a drop-off to Steph Curry at 11-1, to 1. John Morant at 14-1. to 1. We should probably focus on the left side of the screen. The right side of the screen is the guys who have some good stories, but like, let's get real here. <laughs> the left side is where this award is going to be won.
3: I would agree with you, but I have an issue with Chris Paul being so far down at 30-1. to, 30 to 1. Not because he's going to win, or from the odd standpoint, I, I just don't understand why he doesn't get more credit. Leads the league in assist. This program in Phoenix would be nothing without Chris Paul there. Booker would be one of those guys you go, well, you know, Booker puts up uh, 30 points a night on a team that's, you know, 35 and 47.
4: Yeah, I mean, they, they were nothing before he that's, they that's before they traded for him. Uh, he completely changed that culture to a winning culture out there in the Valley of the Sun. Um, to me, it almost feels like those guys are both 30 to 1 because I think that maybe the odds makers are anticipating that they would take votes away from each other with Booker and Paul there Um, but I think we all know that in terms of the culture for that team I I think Booker actually might be a slightly better player now than Chris Paul just because of Chris Paul's age but the culture and the leadership that all starts with Chris Paul
3: absolutely right and you mentioned it uh, to me I want to work for the Phoenix Suns. I, I would help in their sales pitch to get guys in a free agency. It's one of the best places to live. you got a warm weather year-round. you got a team that's on the on the uptick, and they're going to be there for a little while. they got some good young pieces. Booker's a young guy. Mikel Bridges, I, I like the
4: way this team is going long-term. I was going to say, I don't think they need your help. They've been making that sales pitch all uh, has last worked. 25 years. And it hasn't
3: worked. <laughs> I know, and I'm going to tell you why I know it hasn't <laughs> worked, because I've sat with GMs, and we've had these conversations. This is when I talked to Sam Prosty That was one of the first things he asked me. I looked at other economics, I said. You guys don't sell that enough. I said, if you're coming into Orlando, you're recruiting a free agent. Don't take him to the facility. The first place I'm taking him to is Windermere and I'm saying, hey, by the way, this twenty thousand square foot house in LA is forty million dollars. Here in Orlando, it's about eight million.
4: Yeah, and if you get, if you got the wife, if you got the kids, maybe take them sell, take them to Disney World. It'll be right down the street from you out there in Orlando. No, no, even,
3: even NBA players can't afford to go to Disney World.
4: God, that place is a rip off. <laughs> No, uh, no fast pass for you out there in uh, in Walt Disney.
3: Dude, I don't have Bill Gates
4: money. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I don't know if that's required, but it is expensive. (laughs) Sorry,
3: you can get by if you're. You can get by if you're uh, Warren Buffett, but.
4: For the MVP, so you would go with Embiid. Is that what you're saying? They were plus 125, even though he is the short shot right now. The only thing that's kind of scary with him is the injury history. No, I wouldn't bet it. Oh, you wouldn't Uh, bet it? No, I
3: I don't think this is a great bet unless you really see uh, one player being a stronger candidate than someone else.
4: Yeah, Giannis would be maybe, you can sell me on Giannis at plus 375 right there just because Milwaukee is in contention for the number one seed. He hasn't been getting a lot of attention just because I think that, I don't know if he's old news, but like we've been talking about Giannis all playoffs to where the the voters, the writers like to talk about new guys. Joel Embiid has not won an MVP among those three big men. Their Jokic won last year. Giannis has won two already. That maybe Embiid's the guy that they'll kind of drift towards because that's the more fresh story to talk about with Embiid and the Philadelphia the 76ers but Milwaukee is coming up big and they could easily be a number one seed by year's end out there in the Eastern Conference on the other side we'll reset the table for college hoops the second half underway in Austin between Texas Tech and Texas we'll discuss it here it's betting across America presented by BetMGM
2: Zigazoo has made me zigzag